Welcome to the Success IQ Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 93. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having a fantastic week. So on the show today, I've got a brilliant guest, Tiana Wilson-Buys. Now I've known Tiana for a while and I'm so glad to have her on the show today. Tiana's a business coach and like me, she has a passion for supporting people to reach their full potential. But we also share another love and that's how to be more productive and use that valuable commodity, which is time wisely. So let's get started. Hi Tiana, welcome to the show. Ah, thank you so much for having me, Jeff. I am privileged to be with you on your podcast. Thank you very much. So, Tiana, could you give us some background on and the backstory about what's brought you to this point today? Oh, my word. Um, I might sound very old, but I've actually had uh, varied careers um, over my my lifetime. But I think it, it may be... How can I say it? It possibly gave me more knowledge and more experience to bring to my role um, today. So um, I, well, started my first business when I was 12 years old. So you can imagine I've been in business for a while. Um, But I also did my stint in the corporate world. I worked in the telecommunications field, um, really enjoyed that, learned a lot about project management because that was very much my role um, and productivity, obviously. Um, and I think that's possibly where my interest in productivity and time management and project management and all those things started because I really loved what I did uh, back in, in my corporate life. Um, so that's sort of where that started. And um, then sort of late 20s and into my 30s, I had several businesses, um, a wide spectrum, anything from property related uh, to insurance related to, you know, it's all kinds of uh, career paths that I took, but it was always in business after my stint in corporate. Um, And then really, several years ago, um, I noted that a lot of my business connections came to me for advice and help. And I love helping people and I love sort of sharing my experiences. So I I suppose it organically developed that I fell into the role of business coach, I suppose. You know, it's, it's, it's not something that I decided, oh, I want to be a business coach. You know, it sort of just happened, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you've always had that um, desire to create, and even though you've been into corporate, there's obviously been this deep-rooted thing to go, I want to create something Yeah, and, and, and move that. Creating a business is possibly one of the most exciting things you can do in your life. Um, it's, it's really starting from a blank canvas, isn't it? And, um, you know, you just sort of, take it from there. And I really enjoy that. Even though I don't now sort of specialize in working with startups, um, I do have a passion for building business. It's, it's, I, I really find that exciting. 
Yeah, yeah. And what do you th- what do you think are, are common traits that you've seen in in entrepreneurs in, that have made them successful? In my experience, um, over years of working with literally hundreds of entrepreneurs, I think there are a few key factors that one should have or develop. Um, one of it is an honest, deep-seated ambition and drive. You've got to, in you, have that that drive that's going to push you forward. Because you know what? No matter who says what, being an entrepreneur is hard work. And you've got to have that deep within you, something that drives you forward, um, or else you're going to fail. Um, so you've got to have that. And the other thing is consistency. Show up every single day and do the right things over and over and over. So those are the two major things I think any successful entrepreneur needs. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's that thing because it's the the life of an entrepreneur looks really, you know, on on what you see on social media and stuff looks really fun. But you've got to stop for a second, and, and although it is fun, it is extremely hard work because of that. The fact is, there's no fallback. You know, is if you're having a bad day in 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 corporate or employment life, you still get paid. If you have a bad day in, in entrepreneurial life, you don't. So it's 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 having that, and as you say, it's that drive and that consistency to keep on moving through. You know, especially you know, especially on those challenging days. Because so, yes. the, the results are dependent on that, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. And you've got to have that momentum and that drive to keep going, as you say, on those bad days. Because let's face it, there are many of those bad days yeah. Yeah, where yeah, you yeah. just don't have the energy and you just don't have the motivation. And you've got to find it very deep within yourself to keep going. So, yeah, it's, it's got to be there. Yeah. So let's let's because part of that a consistency and and that stuff also falls into that um, remit of the productivity. Yeah. Um, what are some of your favorite productivity strategies that helps either you maintain that consistency or what how you support your um, clients on maintaining that? That's a lovely question, Um, one I get asked a lot, actually. Um, For me, um, one of the major things is to have routines. Everything that you – any task that you have to do over and over again, you have to create a routine for it Um, and almost a a process, um, step one, step two, step three kind of thing because that makes sure that you don't have to think all the time because thinking actually takes a lot of energy. So if you can sort of take away the thinking when it's not necessary, um, you save energy and therefore you can do more. So certainly for me, anything that I need to do more than, say, three times, I'm going to create a process for it and I'm going to create a routine for it. Um, And those routines get scheduled for specific times every week or every month or every day or however they need to be. Um, Because that almost helps you create that momentum we spoke about earlier. Um, If it's, I don't know, Monday afternoon and you have scheduled that you have to do 
these five routines for this week, you almost go into zombie mode. You know, your momentum just keeps you move moving forward, um, which means you can do those things fairly smoothly um, and quickly. Uh, and of course, that helps you with your consistency as well. If you have to routinely have to write a blog, I don't know, once a week, um, it just sort of, because it's a routine and it's scheduled to be done on Monday afternoon or whatever it is, it means your consistency is there all the time. You just keep doing, keep doing, keep doing. Um, and that's a big thing for me is create routines and schedule them in every single week or month or whatever that may be. Uh, so that's a big thing for me. The other thing is to have, um, templates for virtually everything I do um, because it saves time and again it helps you with your consistency um, so for instance if I get asked the same question on email 20 times I don't want to sit there and write the same reply 20 times um, so I have what I call standard email replies uh, which is just set up in word documents um, and when I get that question, I go copy, paste, make a few changes and hit send. So, you know, it's just it just helps you to save time and it helps you to be consistent. So your answer is almost always the same. Um, and you your look, your your face out in the world looks uniform because your answers are in the same format or, or whatever that may be. Um, it just saves a lot of time, you know, and I have templates for everything from um, people that I have to chase up that I'm waiting for replies for. I have a form for that. And uh, project mapping, I have a, a template for that. And anything and everything that I have to do a lot, I create a template or a process for. And that makes a big difference. I like that. So let's go to the, um, just quickly revisit, revisit the routine and processes side. Do you use um, a specific platform to help create those routines? Or do you um, structure it out on on paper and then just go through that? That Because one of the challenges I always find when I'm speaking to my clients is they they very rarely understand that when you're implementing something new, you're going to go through that that sort of that push pull tension barrier because yeah. it's it's the it's the discomfort one they've either identified that they're doing something that is not working and they're having to implement something new and then re-educate themselves and everyone else either in their company or within their team and the other one is is that they you know they keep on doing what they've always done and expect a different result and it's as soon as they have got someone else, you know, a coach or, or something going, actually, there's smarter ways to do this. Can we look at this? Yeah. It's that it's it's understanding that there's going to be some friction between that change. It's it, it's quite right what you say. But the one thing I've learned is there is no one size fits all platform or tool or anything because we are all different and we all have different preferences we all have different likes and dislikes um so i see it as a major part of my job to sort of know um about new platforms or new tools out there um investigate them see how they work so that i can have a broad range of um things that i can sort of point clients to um 
Now, personally, I'm a pen and paper person. So I have a paper diary. I have um, everything on paper. It's, it's just how my brain works. When I write things down or map out a, a new project or anything, I like to do it either on a whiteboard or on paper. Uh, however, I do use a few tools for specific things. So I use Basecamp. I love Basecamp. Um, so all my client um, files as such live in Basecamp, um, which means I can track exactly where I am with each client. Uh, you know, if you have one or two clients, it's quite easy to keep track of it. But essentially, it, it gets to the point where you need a platform to to sort of keep all of that. So I use Basecamp for that. Um, I also use HubSpot um, CRM. Uh, for and I don't use the marketing side of it. I just use the sales side of it um, for um, sort of prospects and that kind of thing. Just because it's easy, it's simple, and it's free. You know, so yeah. Um, and apart from that, I mean, I do have some other tools that I use, but not sort of overly so. When it comes to managing my routines and my projects, I like paper-based. That's me personally. Okay, so that's quite an interesting one because obviously we live in this world of tech, um, and I'm uh, I was speaking to a, a, a fellow friend of ours, uh, Richard Tubb, the other day, and I I I love my tech, but I journal in a notebook. Yeah. Um, for me, there's something really cathartic and important of writing stuff down. Yes. Um, how do you do you use specific types of planners or do you use um what 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 kind of thing or do you just simply use like a, a notepad and and do that or do you have it all saved in one location right so um as for my daily diary slash planner um that is a planner i personally designed um uh, and uh my wonderful designer claire jenks um, helped me with that and we had it designed and printed and we used it all of 2018 the new 2190 uh, 2019 ones are almost ready um, so and I've designed that specifically on how I like to plan my week so it very much includes things like will do lists and celebrating your successes and reflection pages and goal setting pages you know all of those things um, so obviously I use that, but I also have, you know, these notebooks that you get that's sort of like a project book with like four different tabs. Uh, so I use those for uh, content planning. So I have like one tab and that will be for blogs and one will be for infographics and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I will literally take that project book and go off to a coffee shop and just sit and scribble ideas in there. And that is where all my content is born as such. Wow, oh, that's brilliant. Okay, okay, that makes sense. So one of the things I love the fact is, is that you've you've gone and you've created your own because then it's, and I love the fact that you're another one like me who finds it important to celebrate successes. I don't oh, think yes. enough people do that. Um, and it's, you know, it's amazing how many people will sell it kind of like in a, in an indirect way, tell everyone about their failures, but they'll not sit there and go, actually these, this is what is great that's going on in my life at the minute. 
You are so right, Jeff. You know, the thing is, um, we, as you say, we are very quick to focus on the bad things that happen. Um, and we tend to forget about the good things that happen. So for me, a big part of what I do in my own business, but also in working with my clients is celebrating those successes. So in the planner, we've got a weekly space for your successes for that week. We also have a monthly space for your five biggest wins over the past month. Um, and then the other thing I use with clients is a little thing called success cards. And they are like little postcards. Um, and when a client reaches a milestone or has whatever success, however big or small, one of these gets filled in for them or they fill it in and we put it in the success jar. Um, and then at the end of the year, we have a success celebration event and I invite my clients along and several other contacts and we can share those successes with each other. And I think that is such a good thing. It's just, you know, yeah, I've done this, you know, and sharing that with others. I think that is, it's vital. Yeah. I love that. I think that's brilliant. Brilliant. Excellent. Okay. So we are now going to jump over to the second part of the show. This is where I get a chance to ask you some set questions. That I ask every single guest who comes on the show. So are you sitting comfortably? I am and I am afraid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first question is, how many times a week do you spend on your self-development? And that might be um, mental, physical, and spiritual. Oh, okay, that's fun. Um, I spend actually quite a lot of time. So I believe in reading quite a lot. So I carve out at least an hour a day for reading because I feel that sort of stimulates the mind and it, it just relaxes you a little bit. Um, I also spend time every day on uh, meditation. And then I have Wednesdays where I do my own stuff, which I mean, I love my clients, but I don't want to see them every day. So Wednesdays, I don't see clients. And that is when I spend time on personal development, professional development, you know, all of those kinds of things. Um, and I think that is, is really important to just have a specific day where you could just do what you want, really. You know, I think that's important for, for your soul as such. Brilliant. Okay, fantastic. I love that. And does that include you maybe sometimes going out and being with nature or, or whatever it is that just you require to sort of elevate that sort of soul and, and body and mind sort of thing? Absolutely. Um, okay. My favorite thing is to hop on my cycle and cycle down to a path, uh, a park somewhere, or cycle down to the, the quay side and just sit down and have a cup of coffee. And I prefer to do that by myself so that I can just spend time with me. I think a lot of times these days people are afraid to just spend time with themselves. They almost need to be entertained by others all the time. Um, and I make a point of spending time by myself at least once a week because I, I think that's vital for, for our own growth. And it's good for feeding your soul. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Okay, number two is what is your favorite personal development book and why? And it doesn't necessarily have to be a, the traditional personal development book. Oh, my word. I have literally read thousands of books. So to choose one, oh, my word, you're pushing me in a corner. Well, um, I am a prolific reader and I always have been. I still average about 50 books per annum and I have 
for the last 35 years or so. Um, so yeah, I've, I've done a few books. So choosing one, my goodness. Um, I would say the one that possibly had the biggest impact on me um, is a book by a guy called Darren Hardy, and it's called The Compound Effect. I don't know if you've read it. and if you Yeah, have it's it, a brilliant book. Yeah. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, and it really very much speaks to what I believe, which is all about creating good habits and following them consistently. Um, and, and that is how you create that momentum for a successful life on, on all levels, not just in business. Um, and I think that is possibly the one book that I will uh, recommend to just about anybody out there to read. It's very good. Yeah, and I think the the biggest the biggest one that I got from that was was the um, he talked about that um, the example of if a plane flew from I think New York to um, Europe and it was one degree off, yeah, um, yes. how much distance you can travel and 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 that to me was like yeah okay so there's about staying on purpose and making sure that you're constantly correcting yourself. But then the yes. other one is is that consistent change. You know, if you're consistently working on what you're trying to strive for or what you're aiming to strive for, then the results are going to be far more than if you do it once it doesn't work and you give up. Exactly. And it's it's those amazing little messages. And, you know, he, he walks the talk as well. So it's, oh, yeah. it's always better when you're looking at a guy who walks the talk. Exactly. It's it's honestly, I've, I think I've now read that book about three times. I do like going back to a book after a year or two and rereading it because I think um, particularly a really impactful book like that, um, you take a lot from it on your first reading, but I think you then have to almost go and uh, sort of digest all of that information. And then when you reread it a year or two later, you learn even more from it. Yes. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Mine is um, The Alchemist by Palio Coelho yes. and um, The Last Lecture by, oh, I, can't believe, I can't believe I've forgotten his name, but they, they are some of, they are two books that I keep going back to because it's, you read them and you learn, I didn't even pick that up on the last time I read it. And I think as you develop, it becomes, it, it transcends your level of development. Absolutely. So it's, I think that's the cool thing about a good, a good solid book. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I have, well, a lot of books, as you can imagine. And I do go back to them. And also I have a thing of um, putting little sticky notes in each book. So all my books look like porcupines with these sticky notes sticking out. Um, and then, you know, I can just go back to it and find something. Because sometimes I'll write a blog, for instance, and I'll think, oh, wait a minute, and that and that book – there was something that I want to refer to. Then I'll go and dig that book out, go through my sticky notes, and um, then refer to that book. You know, so I use a good business book over and over for reading myself, but also for reference. No, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Okay, question number three is: Although you might not be, you know, you like planning on paper and stuff, do you have a favorite app? Oh, crikey, favorite app. Hmm. I don't use a lot of tech. However, I do use Team, or I used to use Team Week quite a lot. Um, and I used uh, the app a lot because uh, Team Week for me it was a really good project management system. Um, 
and I still use it from time to time for certain projects. Um, and it really helped me to be able to just go on, even when I'm waiting for a meeting, I can quickly go in and update my projects or whatever. So I did enjoy that. And it was a really user-friendly type of app as well. So Team Week was good for me. But apart from no, don't do a lot of apps. Okay. Um, question number three. Uh, no, sorry, number four. What's your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you? Oh, now business mistakes. You know, I said I've read thousands, thousands of books. Well, I've made thousands of mis mistakes as well. <laughs> so again, finding, finding one. Um, possibly, um, sure. Yeah, it's difficult to identify just one. I think possibly one of the biggest ones was... Um, taking, and this was in a, a previous business, um, taking on a business partner, um, believing that this business partner had specific skills which could drive the business forward, um, and then later learning that that was not the case. Um, so, and it literally cost me quite a few thousand pounds. So it, it was a financial um, lesson, you know, um, really hard one to learn. Um, but I think what I learned from that is to truly, before you collaborate in on any level, whether it is as formal as um, selling shares to another person or just doing a collaborative project with somebody, I think it is really important to sit down well before you even start to collaborate and really understand each other and understand that you um, are working off the same page and that you have the same ethics and values um, before you go into that collaboration or else it will end in tears, definitely. Yeah, I like that one. That's really good. Yeah, it's 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 people, sometimes you can speak to people and they speak a good game. Yeah. But you've got to make sure that they actually can execute the game as well. Yeah. And I think that, but it's, it, I think it's a lesson that many, many, many of us have had, um, including me, to be honest. So, yes, I, I, I feel for you on that one. Okay. Question number five What's your, what are your challenges in harmonizing work and life, and how do you manage them? Oh, crikey. Um, the thing is, I have so many interests, and to actually find time for them all is really difficult. Um, I absolutely love what I do. You know, if I can just spend all my time in my office doing client work, I would be a really happy bunny. But um, I also love doing my hobbies and I love spending time with my partner. And um, so it is, it's really quite challenging to prioritize, I suppose, because for me, everything has highest priority. You know? um, so, what I have done and what seems to be working for me is to actually have cutoff times. So I'll be in the office until around about six in the evening. Um, and then when I go home, I literally switch off my phone. Um, I don't take my laptop home. And then it is home time. And then I can spend time on hobbies or with my partner or doing other things that I love. Um, and I think if you don't have that actual cutoff time it's uh, the the boundaries can blur quite a lot um and then you're going to get into trouble either with your family or with your clients or with yourself eventually um so that is sort of how i'm doing it but i mean 
it doesn't always work. You no, know? no and, it, and and it's as you say, it's 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 hard. It's I suppose it for someone who loves what they do, it, it you don't see it as work. You yeah. know, it is work, but you don't see it as work. Yeah. Um, and it's it's looking at that, and I think uh, you know the majority of people that I interview for this show love what they do. Yeah. And that and and they they all say the same sort of thing. It's really difficult, and part of it is is you set the you set the the cutoff point, or you set certain boundaries, or you do something in order to go. Okay, this is this a time is now for my family, yeah. because I think that's the challenge when people use work life balance as a title. Mm-hmm. They think it's a fifty fifty split, and it it doesn't it doesn't work like that because it's not just work. Life has about. 20 different things in it and work has about 20 different things in it so it's about um you know a friend of mine used the word uses the word blending i like the word harmonizing after a couple of people have um sort of sent some emails in and stuff about trying to find the right word and it's just about sort of because they merge very very easily when you enjoy what you do yeah it is um and of course i um, am involved in more than one business. So work is not just one thing in my case. Um, so you have to really prioritize and sort of, yes, in my case, as for the work side of life, um, I spend about, I would say, 85% of my time right here in talking business, doing my client work. Um, and then the rest of the time on the other businesses. But, um, you know, it is really, really difficult to harmonize, to find that, I don't know, that the golden strain between it. Yeah. Um, and, but I, I think it also differs and it changes with time uh, because priorities change over time. And sometimes some crisis comes up somewhere and you have to just go and spend more time on that particular thing for that moment, you know. So you just got to sort of almost go with the flow kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, next question is, what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? I would say, um, be consistent in whatever you decide you want to do. Be consistent. Um, you know, if you are going to write a blog once a week, then write a blog once a week. Um, if you look at people like uh, John Lee Dumas or, or those who um, consistently show up, those are the successful people. Um, and I think it's it's that kind of thing. And when new entrepreneurs start in, a new business, they sort of flap around a little bit you know um, they try too many different things without giving it enough time to see whether this particular strategy is going to work or not you know people dip into networking and then they dip into um, LinkedIn and then they dip into oh I've got to now have a Facebook strategy and you know it's just they're all over the place um, and for me it's just Go and find what are you comfortable with, what do you think is going to work, and rock on with it for an extended period of time. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that I think that's one of the biggest challenges for people starting out mm-hmm. is they because they don't know what yeah. the right way is, they go into headless chicken mode, yes. and they you know they just they pounce on you know someone says I need to do this to get onto the right 
the first page of Google or um, I need to be writing blogs every single day and creating video every single day. And, you know, and all of a sudden there's this overwhelm and that's before they even get to actually know you need to make money. And, uh, you know, and it's that it's that ultimate challenge is take a step, choose one, work on it and see, get give yourself enough time, like you said, to give yourself a result, whether it's a good or bad one. So at least you give yourself a decent set of feedback and then move on to the next one. But too many people take that sort of octopus approach and just go, I'm just I'm just going to do all of this. And I, I did it for you know and it it just you know it just doesn't work the trouble is is people don't listen to the people that are giving them that advice <laughs> they just go and do it anyway and then they go actually i need a coach yeah and then all of a sudden is that's the first thing a coach says you t- concentrate on one thing exactly you know i've had too many people who um come to me and it's then almost too late because now they've spent a huge amount of money on a flashy website and five gazillion leaflets and uh, another five gazillion business cards and they've done Facebook ads and they've done this and you know so they have no motivation left, no financial resources left, and they are totally confused and exhausted. Uh, you know, it's, it's a difficult place to for me to then say, okay, let's just stay, take stock and, and work out a new plan. But, yeah, I mean, it's doable, but it's, it's, it would be easier if they could find proper advice earlier, I would yeah, say. absolutely, totally agree. Okay, question number seven is, what is your definition of success? I think my definition of success would be to be happy and content with your life. Um you know, it, success cannot be measured in, in pounds or dollars or whatever your currency may be. Um, success is, in my opinion, measured on your own happiness. Um, if you are happy across all aspects of your life, so that's in business or employment, if that is your thing, um, also in your um relationship with your family, um, in your relationship with yourself, um, in, in all of those areas of your life, if you are happy and content, then you are successful. Yeah, I think that's lovely. And also, I just want to highlight to the listeners that one of the things Tiana said is measured by your own happiness. Mm. I think that's the key one, because I think so many people, we live in this world of fake social media life. and. Yes. I think you, if someone, you know, takes a video and says this is what life should be like on a 150-foot yacht that probably costs $5 million or whatever it is, yeah. you that does not mean that's going to be your happiness. No. And, and I think it's it's our mission, at least my belief is, is our mission is about to find out what makes us happy. Yes. Not necessarily copying what makes other people happy. There may be elements of that, but not the definitive drivers that are actually going to give us that fulfilled and happy and content life. Exactly, because we are all different. And uh, what makes you happy will not necessarily make me happy. Um, And you have your own path to walk, and I have my own path to walk. And, you know, so clearly what makes us happy will be different. And measuring yourself against others on any level is totally absurd um, because you know it's you have not walked their path and they have not walked yours Um, so there's no way that you can measure yourself against somebody else of course 
you can get inspiration from other people and learn from other people. But don't measure yourself against other people and what you see on social media. Because on social media, people only put the good stuff, never the bad stuff. Yeah, they, they, exactly. They don't, they, you know, it, oh, look, I'm on holiday and yeah. I'm sitting on a beach. That doesn't mean that's their whole life. That just means it's that day. And we can all sit there and go, well, you know, she's always sending photos. In fact, there was um, there was someone years ago that got caught for hiring a house and and hiring cars to do the um, to do the sort of the social media stuff. And it's like it's all about living authentically and honestly. It's not about living fake because that doesn't that just literally will not bring you the happiness. No, it won't. Because you know. A lot of those people, and obviously not all, but a lot of those people who post all these selfies on the beach and in a Porsche, et cetera, et cetera, are deeply unhappy people. You know, so uh, it, I call them Tupperware people. Um, you know, Tupperware is the plastic thing. They all have these plastic smiles and plastic lives, but there's nothing behind it. The Tupperware is empty, you know. Yeah, so- totally. I like that. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's, that, that should be a book. You should write a book, The Tupperware Life. Pull away from The Tupperware Life. Don't be a limp carrot. (laughs) Okay, the the question number eight is, do you have any type of morning routine to help you get prepped for the day ahead? Yeah, um, I'm very routine-driven. And if I don't have my morning routine, I don't think I can function that day. Um, So for me, certainly part of my morning routine is to spend a little bit of time by myself before my partner wakes up um, to just meditate and be calm just with myself. Um, So I spend a little little bit of time on that in the morning, um, sort of first thing kind of thing. Um, And uh, then after all the ablutions and the getting dressed and whatever, I go off to a little cafe and I have breakfast and I read the paper. Um, And yes, I read the actual paper paper. I don't do it online. (laughs) Um, And I find that quite calming and relaxing and sort of it sets me up for the rest of the day. Um, And then once I've done that, then I can rock off to the office and go and get a whole lot of stuff done. But I need that calmness of meditation and uh, breakfast while reading my newspaper uh, in the morning to sort of, I don't know, it solidifies me um, and gets me ready for the day. Yeah. Brilliant. Excellent. Okay, so the final question is the life lesson question. Uh, all you need to do is pick a number between 1 and 50, and it is our final conversational topical point. Oh, right, between 1 and 50. So I'm going to pick number 2. Okay, number 2 is um, – okay, so this is – number 2 is start your day right. Oh, well, there we go. So, um, and so let's look into the, the – um, let's look into this a little bit more. So one of the things that became very um, – obvious to me was I used to it comes from you know being ill recovering from my illness and starting you know being in the right sort of headspace and everything and one of the biggest things was the morning can catch you unaware and if you do not have or certainly from my experience and how you've described your morning experience by not having something that allows me to control my day the army teach you to make a bed there's a great video of the Navy SEAL commander telling you that they teach you to make a bed because it's one goal you've achieved. 
yes. in that day. So it's a, it's a routine to go, okay, you've accomplished something, now move on. And I think there's this really important thing. And, it, you know, you read all the books from successful people and you see interviews and everything. And there's very few that do not have some sort of morning routine to get them into that right state to start the day. So what I suppose the question there is, is what kind of like did did have you always had a morning routine or is it just been something that you've implemented you know, during the the um, sort of recently, or, or what sort of came about for you to create that um, those morning routines? Well, for me, it's it's a little bit more than just a morning routine. I believe in bookending my day, so I want my first hour or so of the day to be exactly the same every day, and I need my last hour of the day to be exactly the same, um, and that way. I know that I have those two anchors in my day. My morning and my evening are um, quiet and calm and relaxing. If the rest of the day goes to pot, which happens, um, you know, you still feel that you are in control because you've bookended your day. Um, and I think, you know, I've been doing that for as long as I can remember. Um, I have my morning routine and then in the evening I spend – about an hour or so to read a book and it, it may be a business book or it may be some other book. Um, at the moment I'm reading a really interesting book on, um, uh, speeches, brilliant speeches over the years. Anyway, so that's the kind of thing I do in the evening is yes, of course I watch telly and you know, all of those things that we all do in the evening, but sort of the last hour or so, just be calm, just be by yourself and just read or do something that's, that's good for your soul. Um, and I think that way of anchoring your day every single day, um, is it, it gives you strength to, to carry on through particularly those tough days. And, yeah, I think I've been doing it certainly the last 20 years or so, if not more, definitely. Yeah, I love that. And ironically, um, lesson number three is end your day. Um, so it's, 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 I think you're right. It's, it's a great way to sort of you've had a bad day. Okay, put, you know, park it and don't take it into tomorrow. Yeah. Or um, and you know and and they say that you know the the last thing that you think about is generally the thing you mull over at night. Yes. So if you're bookending your day as you do, then what you're able to do is almost like purposefully create the things that your brain's going to focus on, and it's going to be of some benefit rather than something that's going to either keep you up all night or or just get you to fester on the wrong things. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it is, it's all about calming yourself down. And that's why I have my morning routine as well, which is very calm. It just sets me up in a calm way for, for the day. You know, I cannot imagine having to fly out of bed and out the door and in the car and off to a meeting. And I just, that will drive me bananas. I just can't cope in, in, in that. Mm. No, I remember being like that when I was younger. I remember sort of being, um, I don't know, probably up to my mid-twenties where it was like I start work at nine, right, okay, I'm going to leave the house at quarter past eight, just literally run down getting ready, get into the car and head to work. And it's not until I suppose you end up with more wisdom through your experiences 
that you look back and go, holy damn, that was crazy just doing that. No planning, Jeff. Just hope that there's no traffic jams to get into work at one minute to nine and then get to your desk. It's just crazy. But yeah, I know know exactly what you mean. So for those of you who are interested in working with me in creating and living the exceptional life, then it's I've made it really, really simple for you. All you need to do is jump over to www.successiq.co.uk where you will find all of the solutions, all of the different programs and services that I offer, including you can arrange and book a free consultation call with me for 30 minutes. And at the bottom of the page, you can also find how a quick link over to the podcast to catch up on any episodes that you may have missed. So that is www.successiq.co.uk. See you there. So we're at the end of the show. And what I'd love you to do is to be able to share how people can find out more about you and those sort of things. All right. Um, Well, Firstly, obviously, there's my website, talkingbusiness.biz, but I'm also on LinkedIn, um, and with a name like mine, um, I am the only one (laughs) on on LinkedIn with my name, so I'm really Googleable, and I love to connect with people on LinkedIn, so I I honestly would love people to just connect with me, chat with me, let's have a conversation, and and for people to share their experiences with me, um, because I think we can all learn from each other, so... That, I would say, yes, my website is there, but LinkedIn is sort of where I hang out mostly. Brilliant. Tiana, just to say thank you very much for taking the time to join me on the show. Wishing you the greatest success. Ah, oh, Jeff, thank you so much. It, it's been a privilege for me. Thank you so much for having me. So first of all, just let me say a massive thank you for all of you who are listening to the show. Um, especially thank you very much for the support of all of you who are sending me emails on feedback, what you like about the show, content that you'd like to see in the future. I'm extremely grateful for that. Don't forget that you can listen to the show on many different platforms. Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and of course, Apple Podcasts. And if you have the time, it would be lovely if you could jump over and leave me a rating and review, as it really does help me make the impact that I'm inspiring to do with the show. So I just want to take this final opportunity to wish you the greatest success. Have an amazing week. And don't forget, go out there, create and live the exceptional. Take care.